Hello and welcome to the podcast English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for those people who want to improve their English and at the same time learn more about life in this country. We believe that one of the key ways of improving your language skills is by listening to lots of different native English speakers talking about a range of subjects. So in this podcast, which is aimed at intermediate and more advanced learners of English, we interview a number of people to talk about their jobs and their experiences. We produce a transcript of each episode. The transcript is a written version of this episode and it includes footnotes which will help you to understand some of the more difficult vocabulary. The transcript is available a few days after the episode is published. Information about how to get the transcript and more about the work of our charity, the St Augustine Centre, will be given at the end of this episode. Today we are interviewing Heidi Waters who is one of the senior managers for our local government, our local authority area, which is called Calderdale. Heidi is a senior manager dealing with housing, and that is the topic that we discuss with her. I hope you find it useful. Well, I'm delighted to say that today we've got with us Heidi Waters. Heidi is the Strategic Housing Delivery Manager for Calderdale Council. So thank you very much, Heidi, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Tell us, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and about the job that you have now. Well, I came to Calderdale um, when I was 21 years old. Um, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that was 28 years ago nearly now um, and I joined Calderdale Council as a housing officer and have stayed with Calderdale all of my career. I feel I've been really lucky having lots of opportunities to do lots of different things. Um, obviously my current role means I lead the housing service I'm also, I also have responsibility for climate change, the climate change agenda, which obviously is a really important um, piece of work. So two quite chunky pieces of work, but I've done lots of other things as well in my career that people might not expect. So I've, I've managed um, environmental health teams and I was also for a, a a number of years responsible for the waste management service in Calderdale, which would means the bins being collected and, and disposed of. So quite a varied career, um, but always worked for, for Calderdale Council. And I have to say, I love it. I feel very lucky to do what I do. 
And are you, were you born and brought up in this area, Heidi? I was brought, born in Bradford, so I was just over the hill. Um, and my husband um, was born and bred in Leeds. So for our listeners who don't know uh, the geography quite so much, all those areas that you've talked about are all in Yorkshire. And uh, I would say in terms of your accent, again, helping people who are um, learning English, who are, who are our main listeners, um, you, you have got a pretty clear Yorkshire accent, haven't you? <laughs> well, you know, when I went to university, I absolutely didn't think I had a Yorkshire accent. And it was only when my friend, who was a drama student, asked me um, to read out a script because she was playing somebody from Yorkshire that I realised I probably did have an accent. And I, I know from listening to myself that it is quite strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's it's strong, but I think it'll be understandable. I mean, and obviously we've had a number of people on the podcast with Yorkshire accents, but I always contrast it with mine, which is a southern London accent, really. So, so you've been working in the housing field for most of your career, mm. by the sound of it. Um, just again, for our listeners who may not know the, the setup in, in this country, um, just describe how the, the the housing system works in this country, the the uh, the range of options that there are for people and uh, what's available. So in this country, the main type of housing that people will live in is owner-occupied accommodation. That is where somebody buys their own property. We also have um, quite a large private rented market and and the um, types of housing within that sector are quite broad um, and then we also have something called social housing which is housing that is often um, provided perhaps at a reduced rate by landlords who have to be registered to say that they will work in a certain way um, and often they provide more affordable housing accommodation to people. Um, so lots of different types within each sector of, of housing, but certainly home ownership is the largest sector within the housing world in, yeah. in, in the UK. Yeah. So am I right? It's something like about 60 percent of um of uh, housing is is owner occupied um and I, and I guess that would include some people who own their house outright but a lot of people who are who have what we call mortgages so they're borrowing the money to pay for the house over a period of time typically what 20 years or so absolutely that that would be the case yes tell us a bit about how the local council gets involved and what's your your role in that? Well, the local authority has a responsibility to ensure that everybody has a safe place to live. Um, and we will be involved in different ways. Um, some councils have their own housing stock, so they own properties and will let them to people. In Calderdale, over 20 years ago now, we um, gave our housing stock to a, what we call registered provider. They're also known as housing associations. And they took that stock on um, and let it um, through their own means. This means that 
whilst we don't own our own stock, we do work very closely with the housing association who have the old housing stock, but also all the other housing associations that operate in Calderdale. So we probably have about 20 different organisations that we work with. We also work with private landlords. Sometimes that can be around giving them advice um, around managing their, their property, but it can also be about um, helping tenants who live in their properties to make sure that the landlord is behaving appropriately. So it might be um, that they've been asked to leave the property and it hasn't been done in the right way. So we can give advice to, to the tenant about that. It might be about property standards. So we have an environmental health team at the council who can go out and look at perhaps work that needs to do into the property. It might be very damp and they can give both the, the tenant and the landlord advice. But we also have contact with owner occupiers in different ways. So just as an example, um, one of my teams at the moment has got funding to make properties warmer um, and, and make make them so that they, they can be heated in an affordable way. Um, and so we would work with um, owner occupiers um, to identify what work we can do to their property and make sure they're accessing any funds that are available to do that kind of, of work. So as a council, our job is to make sure that we have the right kind of properties in the borough, we plan ahead to look at what sort of property needs to be built in the borough and then work with all those different kinds of landlords that are operating here to make sure that we have good standards within our accommodation. Um, and what would you say the main challenges are? I think it's access to accommodation at the moment. Um, I think that we have a limited supply of whether it's social housing or private rented accommodation um, because since the pandemic people don't move as much so we're not seeing as many vacant properties and so there isn't the accommodation out there for people to be able to apply for and also I think affordability is a big issue and that's within the private rented sector as well as people moving into home ownership so just as an example people in, in who aspire to be homeowners have to save up a quite significant amount of money to be able to get a deposit and house prices are increasing year on year so that's a real challenge but for those people that are in private rented they're paying out significant amounts of money each month to pay their rent now if you're a private renter aspiring to go into home ownership it's almost impossible because you're spending so much money on your rent each month that you can't afford to save and actually sometimes a mortgage once you've got the deposit can be cheaper than the actual rent that you were paying previously so it's a very challenging market i would say at the moment for people um, now you know that um i i'm a trustee at the St Augustine Centre and obviously we support people with, in extreme need and particularly those people who are asylum seekers and refugees and obviously you'll be well aware that there are some real challenging housing issues around all, all of that. Give us a little bit of a sense of your perspective on that issue and the extent to which you, you yourself get involved in that or your team. 
we work very closely with colleagues from St Augustine's, but a range of other services to try and support those people who need accommodation. We, we, we're not allowed to work with people who are asylum seekers and haven't had decisions made um, about their status. But once somebody gets a decision, it's our role to, to support them and give them advice and help them find accommodation and as I say that is quite difficult at the moment so some of the challenges that we find is that finding the right property in the right place um, so I'm just thinking of a family that we're working with at the moment who are a, a larger family they have a four bedroom need and there just aren't that many four bedroom properties on the market so they're in a really difficult situation of making some difficult decisions about whether when a property does become available and it isn't in the right location do they take that property and perhaps have to move their children out of their schools and the area that they've moved to and got to know or do they wait and live in quite cramped often situations and, and difficult situations perhaps in temporary housing to wait to find the right property and those are really difficult decisions because these have such a Im significant impact on people's lives. You know, it isn't just about a roof over somebody's head. It's about having a home and a house and a home are two quite different things. I think one of the other biggest challenges we have is when we want to work with organisations like St Augustine's with people who have had negative decisions and have no recourse to public funds. Legally, as an organisation, we're not allowed to provide housing to those people. But we absolutely empathise and care um, about those people. One of the um, things that we feel about Calderdale as a, an area is that we are kind to the people that live here, and that's everybody that lives here. And so we want to be able to help people but we can't physically provide accommodation so finding a way in which we can work and support those organizations that do work with that that group of people is really important to us but it's really really difficult and so sometimes it's just about giving advice sometimes it's about putting them in touch with other organizations that might be able to help where we can't but it's just about making sure we, we work together on, on yeah. that. Yeah. And I can say from the St. Augustine side, uh, we really appreciate that, that partnership working that there is with the council over a range of issues, including that particular one. Just to sort of go back over some of that stuff again, just to help some of our listeners who are not as familiar with the system. So, when people are asylum seekers, so they've been registered into the asylum seeking process, then actually they are able to get accommodation through a government scheme, which is run by a private organisation that are under contract. And they provide what is very basic housing, but it is housing for people during yes. that period. And then what you were talking about there is once somebody has got their decision and if it's a positive decision and they are now a refugee, then 
they have to move out of that accommodation that's and that's right. where your role comes in helping us to to help them to find accommodation Absolutely. and then the more extreme cases that you were talking about is when people have been rejected they're in a really difficult situation then because they haven't they can't use the accommodation provided but also they're not in a situation to where you are entitled to, you are legally able to actually help them and Absolutely. and that's where we end up having to having to play quite a significant role in that sometimes and they're very challenging and difficult circumstances mm. very mm. often uh, regular listeners will know that um two or three episodes ago i interviewed councillor jane scullion who is one of the elected members mm-hmm. on the council on calderdale council Uh, We explained in that episode, so there are elected people, but then there are people who work for the council. Mm -hmm. And that's where you come in, uh, uh, Heidi. So you're one of the senior officers. We would call it a person, an officer who is at a senior level within within the council. Tell me what else you get involved in uh, working at that level. A lot of my job is about making connections making sure that we have strong partnerships with all the different agencies and organisations that we work with. We work very closely with private developers, the people that build the new homes in Calderdale to make sure that, you know, they're building the right kind of homes in the right places um, and, you know, working closely with them so that on some sites we would get an allocation of properties that, then become affordable housing Um, and then my other role is um, a more frontline operational um, service where we work with people who are homeless um, and it can be for a a broad range of of reasons it could be that somebody is a refugee it could be that someone is fleeing domestic abuse Um, it may be that a relationship has broken down whether that's with parents or partners and so Part of my role is making sure that all of those different services are working effectively together. They all connect together. So it might be that from the frontline service, when somebody becomes homeless, we're thinking about, right, do we have connections within the private rented sector that we can use? Or is there a housing association that we can talk to about that family? So it's making all those connections. And it's about working with partners internally as well as externally. The council is quite a big organisation and so just working for the council doesn't mean that you know everybody and you know every service. Even though I've worked here 28 years, I think I learn something new every day about what we do because so much of what we do changes or, it, you know, it's just something I've never come across before and so my role is to make sure I'm working closely with all those other people within the council to make sure we provide the very best service we can to the people that we work for which are the citizens of Calderdale. Well listen thank you very much Heidi that's been extremely helpful Um, and I'm sure our listeners will have uh, found that very interesting. Thank you very much and really nice to meet you. All right likewise. Language support. In this part of the podcast, 
we choose some of the words and phrases from the episode and talk about them. Today, because we were dealing with housing, there was quite a lot of technical and housing related vocabulary which not everybody would be familiar with, so I'm going to go over some of that now. One of the things which Heidi talked about was the stock of housing. The stock simply means the total number of houses and apartments, properties we could say, that are available for people to live in across this particular area. We can also use the word accommodation, meaning a place where you can live, where you can stay. We talked about people who are owner-occupiers, and that simply means those people who are buying their own house, as they have all either already bought it or are in the process of buying their house. The other people are renting their house, uh, either from a private landlord or, as Heidi explains, from a housing association or indeed in some areas from the council itself. And here you need to know the difference between the landlord, who is the person who is the owner and responsible in the end for the property, and the tenant. The tenant is the person who is renting the property from the landlord. Heidi referred a few times to affordable housing. She also talked about needing to heat the house in an affordable way. If something is affordable, then it means it's cheaper, it's possible for somebody with not a lot of money to be able to either buy that property or rent it or pay for the heating in that property for example and it's become a big issue as it as property prices in the UK have gone up and up it's been important to make sure there are enough houses that are affordable for people who are less well off. In terms of the size of housing very often in the United Kingdom we refer to the number of bedrooms so we might talk about a one-bedroom apartment or a three-bedroomed house. So the number of bedrooms is often the way in which the size of the property can be described. Towards the end, Heidi talked about people who are homeless. If you are homeless, you literally do not have a home. You don't have a house where you can live at the moment um, and sadly we do have people in this country who are homeless um, and uh, Heidi talked about some of the measures to try to prevent homelessness and then to help people who are homeless and one of the situations in which could someone could find themselves being homeless she described as people who had suffered domestic abuse now what that means is within the family there has been violence. Very often it is the 
male member who has been violent towards the female member of the household. Um, it can happen the other way around as well. But that's what domestic abuse normally refers to. That's it for this week. I hope you found this an interesting uh, and useful episode. Uh, we will be back with a new episode very soon. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to find out more about our work as a charity and how to get hold of the transcript for this episode so that you can listen and read along at the same time, you will find all that on our website, which is www.staugustinecentrehalifax.org.uk I'll spell that out www.staugustinecentrehalifax.org.uk a x dot org at o r g. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves, and we'll be back with you very soon. Goodbye for now. <laughs>